This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, Jonathan Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. A busy day in Knicksland. Uh, this pod is coming at you um, on Thursday morning, and uh, we had a, oof, boy, did we have a busy Wednesday. So, of course, who did I get to come on and talk about all the events? The original Knicks Film School himself, Jeffrey Ballone, JB. Um, we had a uh, very fun, very wide-ranging conversation about um, <laughs> many, uh, many a thing um, that is that is going on in Nick's land right now, including some stuff that um, I have heard of late that you might find uh, interesting. You know, just, just throwing it out there. Anyway, stick around for that. Before we get there, uh, a quick reminder, as always, from our friends. You know who they are, my bookie. Um, it's late fall college football, the NBA. UFC Fight Island, two, 2020 has been a year unlike any other, which is why you need a sports book with offers unlike any other. You know who that is. It's my bookie. Get some skin in the game with my bookie where odds boosts, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. And with Turkey Day right around the corner, there's no better time to feast on some NFL action. I am already thinking about my Turkey Day parlays, as as should you. Um, if you're a first-time customer, if you're someone who's been with my bookie for years, there's no shortage of value to be found. Prop bets, um, game lines, contests, they have it all. Um, they also boast a fully-fledged casino platform. This is new. Uh, giving you access to all the classic tables, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is that my bookie, the doors never close. How great is that? The doors never close. You can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. Make the right play and sign up today at MyBookie. And when you do, use promo code OVERTIME, O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E, to get your deposit matched halfway, all the way up to 1000 bucks. The terms are simple. Put in 200 They will match you with another 100 bucks in your account. If you were already planning to bet this season, it's free money. Nothing is better than free money. It's winning season in my bookie, so come join on all the fun and win some cash while you're at it. Without further ado, my buddy, um, the head of all things Nick's everything, Jeffrey Ballone. Joining me now on the podcast that bears his name, as it always will. I don't care what he says. Um, he is the founder of Nick's Film School. He is, let's see, I'm, I'm going to try to think of how many different things. He's the founder of Nick's Film School. <laughs> He's the founder of the Nick's Film, Film School newsletter. Um, he uh, is the reason I have a, a career in basketball uh, 
I don't know, reporting, blogging, whatever you want to say. He runs Daily Knicks. He contributes regularly to um, the Strickland. Uh, he's the co-host right now of Pod Strickland. Yes, one of the co-hosts, yeah. Did I, did I forget anything? I think that's it. No, that, that's it for now. Although I guess we're floating ideas today of, uh, of adding <laughs> another that. thing to that, of adding another thing. But we'll, we'll see. We, we were talking about maybe doing something with the Mets now that things are looking exciting there. But um, yeah. Well, Jeffrey Bullock, we welcome. Um, I've only been, let's see, we've been, um, I feel like we've been texting more than, more than normal over the last few weeks. You're definitely... I can tell when you're engaged. It's like a, a player. It's I'm trying to think of like a good example of like a player that like you knew, like J.R. Smith. Like you knew <laughs> within the fir- like first couple minutes of a game when Jr. is like, okay, he's he's locked he's in. This is, this, this is not a Sunday afternoon matinee. Yep. This is this is a this is a you know a prime time. He's he's putting on the show for on like a Saturday night so he could have a good evening afterwards. That's that's been you like the last few weeks. Yeah, well, I think it, it's why I sort of go in and out of the clouds here because I, I'm either all in and I try to, you know, be on top of everything or I'm just like, it's not worth it if I'm not doing that. Um, but yeah, it's been fun getting back in the mix, uh, especially right now where we got plenty going on. There is a lot going on, which I guess, yeah, I, I, I was I was thinking yesterday, I'm like, me and JB didn't really talk about what, what we're going to talk about. Um, before we get into any of the news, should we... Um, do you want to just like let's update folks on on um, what's going on with with us um, with us? We're moving in together. <laughs> um, no, so you brought back, I, I right? That's the best way to put it. You brought yes, back the right. Knicks Film School. Twi- well, you brought back what the Knicks Film School Twitter account became after a, a little while. I, I I feel like I'm not phrasing it well. Yeah. No. Well, no. I think what it is is we had Nick's Film School, the the original Twitter account, and um, it was funny. I was on Nick's Fan TV last night, and CP was saying, you know, when that came out, like it was just sort of this mysterious thing, like no one knew who was behind it, what it was, and then uh, you know they all realized it's just n- nerdy old me. But um, that sort of started it all with the whole. I guess if you want to call it brand, but we've always treated it more as a community. And then when that account got suspended, I feel like that was around the time I was ready to sort of take a break from it. It was, and it was a it, sign. Yes. And then yeah. it, it evolved into obviously the news, you know, we had a website and then also the newsletter, but also it just, to, to me at least, Nick's Film School always represented like a community of content producers. Well, the Twitter account has been missing. And I think that's always been the piece that on social that sort of ties everyone together. So whether it's now releasing news, but also back to the original putting out videos, we haven't had basketball to make videos about. Um, We haven't had Nick's basketball since March. So (laughs) I'm hoping that that can be kind of the main purpose we get back into it as the season gets rolling. But for now it's, it's heavy on the news because that's kind of what what we're all living in. Yeah. Um, And I'm just happy because I get to, I get to, continue to work with you in some capacity which is all i really care about um what do you think is where should we start i'm like i feel like there are a few different places we could start today i'm gonna you're the guest i'm gonna open it up to you all right well i guess since it's the latest uh news is everything breaking around chris paul whether it's you know phoenix getting engaged uh in conversations 
you know, how that maybe impacts things at the Knicks. Ian Begley just came out with a report saying that some within MSG are, are wary of giving up uh, too many assets in a deal. I know you reported that, you know, there might be uh, an offer on the table that Sam Presti is comfortable with, but that doesn't mean that the Knicks are ready to pull the trigger on that. So maybe that's kind of the best place to start. And you're the host, but I'm going to ask you because you're also <laughs> our, our newsbreaker. I mean, wh- <laughs> yeah, right. where do you think things are just kind of reading based on what you know, but also reading the you know reports coming out? Um, and, and real quickly, I'll add, I heard Brian Winhurst who came out with yes. the ESPN report. I was going to mention uh, that, yeah. He was on a Phoenix radio station today and he said a lot more there, funny enough, than he said in the report. But he said that um, the Suns and Thunder were not happy that that came out. They didn't want to come out. He said, interesting. Right. And he said, Paul has been given permission to talk to the Suns. Um, And then he he also said that he thinks it's greater than 50-50 shot a deal would get done, but it's not close. So it's like he hedges there at at the end. But um, anyways, I'll I'll add all that context and then get what you think. So let's, I feel like we have to go back to the beginning. So like when, like when the Paul stuff first came out, I think there was a healthy bit of skepticism as to whether the Knicks wanted him. Like, like there were reports that like, oh, the Knicks are thinking about trading for Chris Paul. And there were some people who were like, oh, no, they, they're not like we're past that now. Right. It's like Ian came right. on my pod, you know, last week and was like, yes, in a perfect world, they would like to have Chris Paul. I think we're all in agreement at this point. There there were there were discussions between the teams, I think, very, very, very. I don't know what the what the lowest level of NBA discussion is, but like very shooting the shit, you know, kind of yeah, discussions. Yeah. And it was. The what 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 was conveyed to me was that Oklahoma City wanted too much, and I, I I'm sure I reported some variation of that in the newsletter, um, and that that offer was too high. And then the next thing I heard after that was that was what I reported about Paul preferring if he had his druthers to play in either New York or L.A. next season. And I believe it was it. God, I'm going to get it confused. Either Berman or Begley reported something along the lines of like he would like he would be okay with playing in New York or living in New York right next year. Mm -hmm. I think that was Berman. Um, Anyway. So, and then, and Sam Presti had like something that he was comfortable with in my interpretation of it. And I don't know this, I I can't report this, but that he had like lessened his asking price. And that's where I left. That's the last I've heard of where things stood with the Knicks and Chris Paul. And now it sounds like, the thunder have, or rather the, the Suns are going to, cause if this deal goes through, my understanding is that the, um, the thunder would end up with the 10th pick in the draft, which is, uh, yeah. Yeah. Which that's, is a pretty, right. That's one. Of, cause I saw another report saying basically the thunder were almost operating as if they, they're going to find a way to get within the top 10. And now is someone I think hedging of, well, do they end up making a deal with the Knicks to get eight Do the now Phoenix 10, but yeah, yeah. I, I think I think that's part of it for sure. So I don't think like I mean, look, who the hell knows how many machinations there could be? But like the my again, this is my impression. This is not me reporting. This, this is my impression. My impression is has always been eight is not on the table in a Chris Paul trade and would not be on the table. Now, does that mean there couldn't be some crazy deal where it's a, a three or four team or whatever where the Knicks give up eight and they get back like I, I'm just throwing numbers out there, twelve or thirteen or fourteen? Yeah. I have no idea, but that. So if they could get 10, if the Thunder could get 10, and I think, what did I, I'm just che- actually just checking my from directly from my source. Um, the Suns would get 
10. Sh- um, oh, no, sorry. The Suns, the Thunder, sorry. Sorry. Thunder would get 10. Yep. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, that's, that's pretty good. Um, so I, I, I can't imagine anyone beating that. And then it comes down to, does Chris Paul want to play in Phoenix? How far yeah, is well, Phoenix that, from LA? It's like, well, that, that was something I was going to actually ask you about is it comes down. Cause that was Windhurst was bringing it up too. That's why he's given permission to talk because it's all about where he wants to go. I mean, it is, it is sort of interesting because he's got two years left on his deal. He's not opting out of that second year with the amount of money he's going to make. Right. Not, not unless he gets resigned to, you know, some, so, some so basically where, where he goes, um, I guess I wanted to get on terms of like, in terms of making his ha- making him happy. Um, do you see that as teams seeing it, that when they get him, they then want him to sort of be a recruiter for them. And therefore he, you know, the place he ends up needs to be a place he's happy with, or he won't do that. Do you see it just as like, well, it's- I, I don't even think it's that complicated. I think it's just like, if he doesn't want to go, it's not going to, like, I think he wields that amount of power. If he doesn't sign off on the deal, I don't think there's a deal. That's my impression. Yeah, and yeah, and I guess I'm even thinking as we're saying this, does he have his, the, that, um, you know, a status there where he can even make, um, as a veteran player, where he can even make, it's almost like, you know, he can he can make uh, no trade. But I guess, yeah, I get it. Like, they're not going to send him to Botswana, but I guess my, my thought <laughs> is if he, if he, prefers <laughs> of course Botswana. <laughs> only you, you, only you. that's the one you have to pick but if he prefers LA or New York but then you send him somewhere that's not like his favorite place to go I guess that's what I'm getting at it's like how much do you have to appease I think it's point? up to him I think it's in his I think the ball my, again my impression is that the ball is kind of in his court and it's like you know I I would think that this happened something along the lines of like, Hey, Chris, you know, I'm, I'm pretending to be Sam Christie here. We have a deal that we really like with Phoenix. Would you be open to like talking to these guys? And he was like, okay, yeah, sure. I'll talk to them. If they, if those conversations go poorly, I mean, but if he's willing to talk to them, I got to think he's, I mean, that's why to me, yeah, it was the tenor of the report. I don't know. Did you get just a sense from the way Wendy reported that last night that there was, this was more than just two teams bullshitting. This was real. Yeah, I mean, I, that's what we were actually saying on Knicks Fan TV last night. It's like, especially when it comes from there, right? Like if a Woj, uh, Winhurst, Tim Mc, uh, no, McMahon wasn't part of that. He's part of Westbrook one. But a, a Woj, Winhurst type of report comes out. They don't usually just put out the like, yeah, this is something that's kind of like on people's yep. radar that could happen. It's usually like there is serious smoke here. So we're going to put it out now because this this could be something that becomes real. So that that's how I took it. The the interesting thing to me is uh, he has an Italian last name and I feel like I'm going to screw it up. Oh, John, John yeah. Gombard, Gombadoro. Gombadoro? I, I'm letting you mess it up. So, yeah, we'll go with that. But from You're part Arizona, Italian. You, you should get in on this, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, people call mess. My, someone called. Oh my god, what did somebody call me recently? Um, oh yeah, it's John John Gambadoro. I'll go with that. Gambadoro. Let's go with Gambadoro. Um, wrote a couple hours ago that he uh, reported that Oklahoma City doesn't want any multi year contracts back if they if they make a trade, and they they don't have. Uh, also, they have no real interest in either guy Rubio or Ubre. So I obviously reported in the newsletter today that, um, you know, it was, I had, again, I had 
you hear stuff, you, you, you hear stuff. The, where I heard it from, I, I is a credible source. Um, whether, you know, where the te- game of telephone goes from there, you know, we'll see. Um, but I, you know, I feel like if I had heard the possibility of a four team deal, I'm surprised that's not out there more. And the two teams I mentioned, the Clippers and the pay and the, um, and the Mavericks make a little, a little sense because you got Tim Hardaway jr. There, $18 million expiring. You know, I could see, I, again, I don't know what, what's going to go where, but, well, you know, or who knows, maybe Oklahoma city is trying to get in on, um, you know, one of those one of those lower contract players that Dallas has, um, like Seth Curry, signed to a nice yeah. a nice number. That 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 see to me, that's a Sam Presti move to try to get a guy locked up for several years, a fair number, who's going to help them. I could, but who knows? I, I don't. You know, this is just me 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 guessing. But so you're you're uh, the the big question. You you asked this to Begley. I'll ask it to you. What what's the percentage you put it on that he ends up with the Knicks? Well, at this point. Yes, I th- I think this I think that Suns thing is real. I really yeah. do. So that's my gut. Like that's that's my gut feeling. Knicks. Yeah, it w- I think it. I think if it fell through, let me put it this way: I think if it fell through, I think there's a better than fifty percent chance he ends up on the Knicks. Okay, but, but as it's far all as based on that Phoenix thing, at this it's all point. based on because I think. You know, if there's a will, there's a way. And I think Phoenix wants him. And if Chris Paul is like, okay, I'm cool with going to Phoenix, I have to think those yeah, teams right, are right. going to figure out a yeah. way. Yeah, because they have like what up to $20 million, I think, in cap space. So they got some, you know, room to even make, especially if they're trading some contracts back. And I know you just said about the multi year contracts, but the point is if they can make a deal work and even have a little cap space to, to add around that, um, you know, that, that could be a desirable spot. Cause obviously you already have Booker there. I wonder, I don't think Nick fans will be disappointed. I'm sure some Nick fans will be disappointed. I'm, I'm going to write, I think next week, like um, the, like the 10, 10 versions of a, like very quickly, like 10 versions of a Nick off season from like most desire, the thing that would get most hated on to the thing that would get like most Russell loved. Westbrook. I, he's got to be number. Well, let's go there. Yeah, that has to. Be, is there? I'm actually going to put it like this: Is there other than them trading like an asset or assets for Russell Westbrook? Is there anything that they could do this season that you think would uniformly just send people running off the ledge? I don't. I can't think of uh, anything else. Well, I think Russell Westbrook. That's a deal that all of the people who cover the NBA and all the people on Nick's Twitter would go crazy about. What's funny enough, I mean, even even last night taking calls on Knicks Fan TV, it's like there are, you know, we got to remember, and maybe this is a, a lesson we even learned, you know, following the election. I mean, there's a lot of people that don't exist on social media every second commenting about the Knicks. And I think there's different opinions. I think there are still people out there who who are big Russ fans. They, they still want to see a star come to the garden. And um, they don't really care that much about the big contract. They would just be like, yeah, you know, you you finally brought a star. So I don't think it's literally like every Knicks fan is going to say that's a terrible deal. But I think Very it true. would become the type of deal that would be kind of, quote, LOL Knicks in some ways, because um, it's like, well, what are you doing? I mean, yeah, he, you know, he, you could say, well, if you're for Chris Paul, why not Westbrook? Because Westbrook plays the same position. But I just don't think his game is as complimentary to the young guys as Paul would be. He's also not as good a player. And then to me, the big thing is this, 
If right now, forget trading anything for him. If right now I said, would you sign Russell Westbrook for three years, $132 million? That's like, I can't even. I mean, to me, that's it. Just put it in that perspective. And that, that to me should end the conversation. Three years, $132 million, because that's what you're signing up. For. I think, I think the, again, I, I, like I wrote today, and I, I had not heard anything that would lead me to believe that they're seriously looking into Russell Westbrook in the way, because I had heard some other stuff about the Clippers and like something that may be in the works there that I wasn't comfortable reporting because I'm not sure I buy it. But like, think about it. If you're the Rockets and you're trying to maximize James Harden's net, like this year, if you're trying to, let me rephrase it. If you're trying to win this year, if it's simple as that, right? Because if you're not trying to win this year, then you should just trade James Harden right now. Well, and so, that was, by the way, not to interrupt, I mean, that's, yeah. that's the other thing. Was it Perkins, who I know no one wants to listen to anymore, but he said, I saw, I think it was today that he hasn't answered. He hasn't been answering phone calls. Basically, he, quote, ghosted the Rockets for two weeks. Did you see that? So Russell Westbrook? I didn't see that. No, Harden. I almost spit out my beer. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, you're, to me, this is, this is about, you know, we could be where it's like, yeah, assuming Harden is there, what do they do? But what if you're not making that assumption anymore? Personally, again, it's easy for me to say because I don't run an, own an NBA team. I don't run an NBA team. But to me, the, the Rockets will never have a better opportunity to trade James Harden than right now. And mm-hmm. I feel like, uh, you know, what, what that means for Russ, do they then pay a little bit to offload Russ? Do they just try to find someone willing to take on Russ? See, that's the more interesting question for me is like, okay, just to put a cap on the, the thought I had before, if you're Houston and you're trying to win right now with Harden, then you're trading Russ for players that could help you win now, which the Knicks don't have. So it makes no sense. So I think when, when Kevin O'Connor was like, oh, the Knicks have been, have whatever he phrased, however he phrased it, kicked the tires on Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I think Leon Rose, if, if Houston was like, yeah, we'll give you Russell Westbrook, just take him off our hands, you get to pay his salary. And like they traded him for like a future second round protected pick. Like I wouldn't like that. You probably wouldn't like that. Nick's Twitter wouldn't like that. But objectively, as like a basketball observer and fan, if you're like, okay, you get Russell Westbrook, who made 13 all NBA last season for free mm-hmm. in terms of assets, and all you have to do is pay his contract, like that's a discussion at least, right? I mean, again, if it wasn't $132 million, I would feel I would feel Look, better. I don't, about I, that. Wouldn't want, I don't want them to do that. I'm just saying right, right. if you're running a if you're running an organization that has been as bad as the Knicks have been, and yeah. this is where we have it to be, step well, out because of the you Right. And then the other side you could say is this year is sort of a free year, right? They have cap space. They're not looking to spend it really on, on other things other than I know people could say, well, you know, you could take on a contract with a sweetener and a draft pick. You, could, you can do other things. Yeah. But the point is, this is sort of a free year where you could argue, you know, it's like you're getting the two years after that. But then to me, the question is, well, what other player could you get at that point in time basically yes you, you know what i mean so that's why i'm just kind of like you know even with this year being a year where you have the cap space you can kind of take them in and it doesn't necessarily get in the way of what you want to do um I, I just wish there wasn't that extra year in the in the in the yeah the third the third year kills you i look I, I, it it's not happening because but I, I hear what you're saying i mean it's something 
you're not, it's not like you're trading for a guy who is like washed up and making that money. How some people almost talk about him. Like you said, yeah. he is not Chris Paul, but he's also not terrible. Like he's still a good basketball player. He's he not Nicholas debate. Batum, you yeah, know, right, making right. $25 million or whatever. Nicholas Batum. I think there's just so much like opinion about Russell Westbrook. It's like, you can't just have an objective conversation about him because I think people, even at the height of his game, people have this feeling about how you how you're able to win if you're able to win at a certain level with him but when you're the Knicks and you haven't won at all yeah. it's like you know you, you I, I see what you're saying there but yeah that that would be the one I think that would get most fans upset that would, you know? that would get hated on but it, it, I I feel pretty comfortable saying it. it's unless James Harden demands a trade tomorrow and they and they acquiesce him um and whatever, whatever comes to that other than that. Cause you know, but again, just to finish the other point that I was, I was about to make, which is that if I'm the Rockets, I, I would trade him now because they own their pick. They own their pick this year, next year, sorry, in 2021. And they have, there's a pick swap in 2022 and they own their pick in 2023. Uh, I know there's protections on the 2022 and then they got the 2024. I just pulled it up. 2024 is a swap. That's only top four protected. 2024 is protected, but it goes to OKC. 2025 is a swap. 2026 to OKC. They had to alternate. They had to alternate the swaps because you can't lose. What's what's their 2022 situation? So 2022, it looks like in 2022, nothing. They have their own. They have their own pick in 2020. <gasps> oh, what is? Hey. Zoe snuck in here. Oh, wait, I forgot. People are going to be listening to this. They can't see yeah. it. We're on Zoom. Hey, Zoe. I don't, I'm leaving this in the pot. I really don't care. Uh, JB's beautiful, wonderful, amazing daughter, who is always so nice to my daughter, has yeah, just walked into our Zoom call. Because I got my uh, headphones on. But Can- Zoe's here to say, do not trade for Russell Westbrook. Do you want to trade for Russell Westbrook, Zoe? I'm here to say it's computer time, Daddy. Okay. All right. Well, you can go play over here. She, see, she can't hear you because I got my uh, headphones on. This makes for oh. great podcasting. This, um, I mean, this is exceptional podcasting. So somehow, let's see. Am I reading this right? The 2022. So no, you're right. I I forgot. The, the, you're right. There's no. There's no 20. Um, the 2021 first round pick goes to Oklahoma City, but that's a, a swap, right. and. Houston gets the least favorable of theirs. Oh, okay. So then maybe it's not the best year for them to to tank right away because um they would end up with Miami's pick in all likelihood. So all right, whatever. Try to win this year. But even more, all the more reason um, you know, that the Knicks are not going to be involved in uh in uh, Russell Westbrook sweepstakes. Um, which is good. Uh what other news is there? I feel like there's there's other stuff we're we're missing. Other stuff happened today for sure. Um yeah, well, I mean, no, let's yeah, get the other are, big name. The rest is into the draft. I was going to say we could get into the draft now. Well, Ian, Ian, just so we cl- say this, he predicts the Knicks will not be making a trade for Victor Oladipo this offseason, which I don't think is news. Um, but it's and by the way, Mac, I'm I'm being a promoter now. Uh, he's going to Nick's school, Nick's film school Twitter account, and he's scrolling through hopefully to read what is the latest news because it, I'm literally look, I'm literally. There. See? Yeah, there you go. He's doing that. All right. Good. I don't know if we're going to be able to get, we're getting the, the stuff up on the YouTube channel at some point. Um, 
Shout out to Andrew Claudio for spearheading that effort. Um, so that's the only other big name. Oh, the Knicks made a hire today. We should probably mention oh, that. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Larry Larry Greer. Uh, right, the if, brother of the assistant coach. So get, get this now. Leon Rose in one offseason has hired now two sets of brothers. He hired yeah, right. the, the Zanin brothers. as yeah. this, One of them is the assistant GM for uh, pro scouting, and the other one's a scout. And then Andy Greer is... Tibbs's assistant coach and Larry Greer is also going to be an advanced scout. Right. We got him from yeah. the, from the side. I know. I, so know I, don't, I don't know what the hell that, that, that uh, hire means, but there you go. They got another, go. uh, it's a hire. Um, <laughs> oh wait, what, before we, before we get to the drafts of also Van Fleet, what'd you make of those comments? No, I know. Yeah. He is pretty strong. Basically saying, look, I, I'm looking to get paid. That was insane to me. <laughs> I, I wonder if he was, he's been like sitting, you know, everyone reads the the clippings and I wonder if he's sitting there checking hoops hype or whatever. And he's like seeing all this stuff of like, Oh, you know, Toronto will likely resign him, And everyone's putting him around that $20 million range. I wonder if he's sitting there thinking, well, wait a minute here. Like, don't just assume I'm going to just stay here and, you know, resign for what they want me to resign for. I wonder if that was kind of his little, you know, statement towards that. I to me, it, it read, first of all, to me, it was a sign that he hasn't agreed to a deal yet, which is really interesting right. to me because I feel like if you read the tea leaves, the, the, the big time NBA media people have basically said like free agency is going to be like the deals are done, right? It's like yeah, people right. have already agreed to stuff. So to me, that says it's not done, which some Nick fans may be happy about because they, they may want him. What, do you have a number? And I know we did a, we mentioned Van Vliet on a podcast that we did together for pot Strickland a few weeks ago. Do you have a number in your mind for Van Vliet? Like you don't want to go above. I, mean, I feel like doing something where you offer him, let's say you offered him up to like 23, 24 now, but then did declining salary. So meaning front front load the contract. And then rather than doing like the annual 5%, you know, increase, you decline it because they have the extra cash this year. I could see something like that. Um, I like that. I'm a big fan of the, um, of the two year max um, idea that I, I brought up on my pod at, at some point. Uh, oh, I see you got a Dodger sticker on the laptop there. That's very nice. Yes. that Well, that was my uh, Dodgers uh Blogging laptop. Blogging. I, I love all the people who are listening to the pod. Like Macri, you do you realize that we can't see the Zoom? I'm telling you, I don't care. This, I'm having a well, conversation with this, my friend. This tells you why we need to get this up on the YouTube. Yeah, we're no, we're I'm, because we're, people are dying to see what my laptop looks like. <laughs> people are dying to see it. Um, so that's the Van Fleet, and then I, yeah, and then I think you're. Um, other than that, it's the draft stuff, right? So what? Um, I I mean I I know you're not huge into the to, to the draft stuff yet. So of of as someone who is not big into the draft stuff, did anything stand out to you from like the last several last couple of days or today or anything? I just I guess kind of you know everyone's playing the game of tying reports together about which team likes yeah. who to see who could be available. And I guess to me the big takeaway is it seems like if the Knicks just keep their picks, stay where they are at eight we could really have a, a, a decision here where, you know, I think when you're picking late in the lottery, there's usually, I mean, just think back in time, there's usually been maybe like one player, like, I mean, famously with um, Michael Porter Jr. that might fall that everyone then debates. Yeah. But then for the most part, it's like, 
okay, this is kind of the best guy available around then. So you just take them. But like this year, it seems like there's several guys and it's sort of the nature of how the board is where it's not set in stone. There's not a lot of consensus, but it seems like there could be three or four guys available at eight that some people would have taken if the Knicks pick fifth. And I think that's what's interesting to me. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to give away my newsletter uh, on Friday, which is uh, um, I think it's going to go. I, I tweeted today. It seems like there is a consensus building about who the top seven are going to be, which is like the big three guys up top, Ball and, and Wiseman and Edwards and then Denny and Obi Toppin and Halliburton. And I, I believe the Patrick Williams stuff at this point. I think I flip flopped on that in the last 24 to 48 hours. Okay. I wasn't sure if that was real. And I, I think it's real. Um, and I think. This is going to be a situation where other than Patrick Williams, who I'm not sure what they would do if he fell to eight, if one of those other, Oh, look now mine is coming. Mine is sneaking in. Look at this. She does. She's much more camera shy than yours though. She must have um, heard. Yeah. Yeah. She heard. She, oh, I, did you hear me talk about Zoe? Oh, cause Zoe was on the camera. Um, I think if one of those first six falls, the Knicks are taking them and they're, they're running to the bank and, and cashing their check. I think if, None of those six fall and it's Killian Hayes is there. I think then it's a matter of like, all right, let's see. Let's take the phone calls. Let's see what we're being offered. And then it's a very on the clock trade discussion. Okay. Um, and if they get something good, uh, get, get a good enough offer. I absolutely think they will would trade down. And if they don't get a good enough offer, I, I would probably bet on Hayes being the guy at this point, but. Who knows? It wouldn't shock me if they went a few different other directions. Well, but. well that would follow my on lottery night. I put out the thing, uh, take it to the bank. The Knicks will not pick at eight. They will trade the pick because I, I thought at that time. Oh, that's right. You did put that out. They're either going to use the pick in it in a, to trade up. They're going to use it to trade for a player, a star, or they would trade back. I just didn't think they would sit there at eight because eight doesn't necessarily like, I don't know. It just didn't. I guess it depends how the players fall and who they have high on your draft board. But I will say since then, I feel a little more confident that this is when I was feeling more like Leon Rose wants to make a quote, move the needle type of deal. I feel a little more confident now that he's not necessarily just looking to do that. Um, I don't think he feels pressured to do it. I think he would like to do it. I I think he realizes he can't. Yeah, but that, I don't know, though. I mean, I think is that where we're we're feeling, op, I'll call it optimistic as Knicks fans, because you always can if you're willing to overpay for something. I think and, so. If we if we presuppose that he's not going to trade R.J. Barrett and Mitchell Robinson, right. which maybe that's unfair to presuppose, but I am going to presuppose that. Yep. Then it becomes what can you get with the eighth pick, right? And Oh, sorry. If we also presuppose that he's not going to trade away any future first round picks, which God help us all. Let's hope that that doesn't happen. Um, it's like, what what can you get with the eighth pick? And like many, many, many moons ago, and I can't remember what month of quarantine this was. I wrote a thing about like Zach Levine and like, would they consider giving up eight and something for Levine? Um, that was, I think, maybe right when Karnasovas took over or maybe it was even mm-hmm. before Karnasovas took over. I forget, but like, that's the level of player. A hundred percent, I could have seen him trading the pick for, I don't see that player out there because I don't think they're going to give it up for Oladipo as an expiring contract. And, you know, a year. Well, right. From- but that's what I'm saying. We're saying we don't think that will happen now. I think based on what we're reading in the tea leaves, but that's where 
you know, back in August, I wasn't so sure, like how aggressive would he be even for that type of a move? Or now I feel better that, that, you know, he, he's not looking to make that type of a move, even if, again, because those type of a moves do, you know, improve the team right now. You're going to get more out of an Oladipo right now than you are going to from the eighth pick. But we know that's not the type of trade that we want them to make. But I'm just saying that was a part when Leon Rose first came on. I wasn't sure like how he would view stuff like that. I, I think we can be 1000% sure at this point that he has – he has his eye on the long game, but I think there are, I've, I've, I've put this in so many different ways on in the newsletter in the pot over the past like several weeks. There is a part of playing the long game is to get better in the immediate future, but there are ways you get better in the immediate in the present, whatever yep. that don't benefit the long game. And then there are ways you get uh, better in the present that do benefit the long game. And I think he only has interest in doing one of one, you know, going down one yeah, of those one two of, paths. Well, that's why, you know, really with Van Fleet, it is interesting because I was even thinking about this funny enough, a little bit with, with the Mets and it's just like, they can, they, they have, uh, this is how I'm going to always tie now the, the newsletter. Uh, this synergies. is great. But they, you know, everyone's excited with, with Cohen and all the money he has. And everyone's like, well, how quickly are they going to try to compete? Well, to me, it's like, if you are trying to compete quickly, you, you can spend money without sacrificing your prospects or your assets. And that's a way of like improving in the near time, near term without kind of selling the farm. And basketball, it's a little different because the salary cap is more restrictive. So if you spend that money on multi-year contracts, it also does impact you down the road. But if you can improve the team without giving up draft capital or young players, then, and you are in this unique position this year now with the Knicks where you have cap space and a lot of teams don't, it does kind of make you think, yeah, maybe, maybe that's why you should be aggressive, especially for a player that is 26, right? And Van Fleet, that you feel like could have value if you needed to move him down the road. So in some ways, to your point of, you think he sees the long game, a way to be better in the long game is to show improvement in the short term. Going off that point, to me, the best way to do that is to sign a player like Van Fleet because you are doing that without sacrificing any of your long game pieces. Yeah. Um, yes. Yes. And I really, I, I, I genuinely, but like, I know people have their concerns about Van Fleet and I totally get it. I just, I don't, I don't know how high the number that ha- has to be for that guy, for that to, for that contract to age, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. level bad. Right. I, and I, I'm, I'm not, sh- I, and I think they could get him in a number below if he wants to come. He may not want to come. Toronto may pony up whatever it takes to get him. But this is why I, I want to get your. So I, I put a what I de- what I deemed a crazy trade in in the newsletter today with the Knicks in a three way deal with um, Golden State and New Orleans, whereas the Knicks would be taking on Andrew Wiggins. And, right. and the remainder of his contract, and they would right. be getting they would be getting some good stuff. I think they would be one hundred percent willing to do that deal. Like I read, um, I think it was Ian. Yeah, I think it was Ian earlier this week, or maybe it was last week. Noted that like, no, it wasn't Ian. It was Zach Lowe. It was Zach Lowe who wrote in his giant like off season preview column, mm-hmm. which was really good about how 
there's this thinking that like, yeah, the Knicks are going to take on bad money, but it has to be the right type of bad money. It has to be the right, like bad money for like a youngish player who still has maybe not upside, but like you could talk yourself into it. Um, I just, I don't know. I keep looking at that, at that guy spent a lot of time under Tibbs. Tibbs apparently kept in touch after he left Minnesota. Right. You know, if this, if the holiday, and now it seems like holiday, and this is why this all ties together. It seems like the holiday Atlanta thing may be happening. So that means holiday Golden State won't happen. But if the Warriors, if you're the Warriors and you have this second pick and you have a chance to get Drew Holiday, I'm, I'm hoping they do it, and I'm hoping that the Pelicans are like, no, we, no way in hell are we taking on Andrew Wiggins because, my goodness, would I love to get the Knicks involved in that and pick up some stuff. I'll, yeah. Yeah, no, you, I feel like the, the Wiggins, you, you've been on the Wiggins uh, train. Because he's, um, t- he's not a useless player. Yeah, he's I was an just expensive looking up player. to myself of this contract. It's still, well, you know what's funny is, though, even, so we were just talking Westbrook. Well, it's like, obviously, Wiggins is not, Westbrook, but when you're 24 and you have three years more like 90 million versus three years 132 million, um, who would you bet on being the better, the more like the less detrimental player over the course well, that, of the next three that, years? That's what I'm saying. Like when you look at it, you have to factor in that 42 million dollar difference in the age of, that, that that they are at. So you can't just go on reputation. Um, you know, we, we've talked about this before with risk. It's so ironic with Steve Mills, the last run where you could say the Knicks were risk adverse. They basically were like, we're just not going to do anything. But yet what's ironic is they made maybe the riskiest move you could possibly. They, the one risk, one move they didn't make was a very risky one with Porzingis. Yes. In the terms riskiest of, move right? any organization could make. So it, it's sort of strange. They made one extremely risky move, but then everything else they did was risk adverse. Well, teams have to take chances and something like a Wiggins deal. It's like, this is where you have to trust your, all these scouts that they're hiring and with Tibbs, the basketball people to be able to assess and say, we think we can't, you know, we we can put Wiggins in the right position to be this. And if you're able to do that, then you change the story. We've seen it happen a million times where people make up their mind about a player, especially yes. based on their contract. Yes. And as that contract starts to tick away where it's only three years or two years and the player gets better, everyone's like, oh, well, wait a minute, maybe this. So I think that's where you're kind of going with Wiggins. Um, I, I, I just, guess- I'd be curious to see what they could pick up. That's all. I'd be really curious to see what I'm not advocating like trading for Wiggins as a neutral asset or something or something I'm saying. Yeah. Right. 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 But you're, yeah. You know, if you're, you're able getting to something up, and you're getting a player that, like we just said, is still, it's possible that he could be a positive contributor for you at, a, at that age, especially. Yeah. And if, and if that guy becomes an asset that like after in a year, other teams around the league look at and like, you know what? Okay. It's now a two year 60 at that point it'd be 64. Four million dollar deal, two years, mm-hmm. sixty-four million. But it's two years. It's only two right. years, right. and he just came off a good season. Is he a ten million dollar player? Is he a fifteen million dollar player? Whatever. He's a helpful player. So we're right. gonna over. Like it becomes. I don't know. I I think, and it seems like, to me, that is the type of move that they would like to make. And I just don't know if that deal is gonna. I just don't know yeah, if that yeah, deal is yeah. gonna be there. You know, yeah, we'll materialize for him. Yep.
Gosh, I think we I, did. We go through everything. I, I, did we miss anything? No, I think I think we covered the main the main points. I mean, can you believe we're a week away? Right? Yeah, today's the 11th, so we're a week away from the draft after all. How do this. you? So let's. How do, we're recording this? It's Wednesday night. Do you think we're going to get any news, like confirmation of a thing happening between now and Monday? Between now and Monday? Well, yeah, because officially the trades are saying are going to open up, what, the 16th? The, so the moratorium Monday. is, like, I'm guessing it's going to be noon. Yeah. No, I, I think we're going to see a ton. Like, think about it. This has all been, like you allude to, there's a feeling that behind the scenes, there's already been a lot of talks in place and they've been sort of waiting for like the gun to go off, like go make things happen this year. We don't have like in prior years, one um, league changing superstar where you're all waiting. Cause remember what slows a lot of moves down in the past was yeah. you'd have like LeBron, you'd have Durant and then everyone's sort of talking, but it's like, based on what they do, it changes a lot. We don't have that this year. So to me, I think we're going to see a ton of chatter being worked out agents jockeying for position using, you know, reporters. So I think we'll have a lot <laughs> going on, whether, um, you know, whether you're saying like, we'll find out on Sunday, like Chris Paul is going, going to the Suns. I think that might be more, I actually think it might be more, you know, into next week. I think a lot of, everyone's going to try to get like sort of their final pole position here. And then, I, um, and then we'll learn what's going on. I, I had thought for, I've thought for a while that Chris Paul was going to be the first domino. And I no longer think that I think he, I think the Chris Paul thing exists almost in his own separate universe, because I kind of think, yeah, I kind of think it's the Suns or the Knicks at this point. I just, we haven't heard anything about the Lakers. I think the Clippers are looking at other avenues. Um, We've heard really, other than like Giannis is amenable to bringing on Chris Paul is like that, like we haven't really heard anything, for, but it doesn't seem like that's where the Bucks want to go. Doesn't seem like that's where the Sixers want to go. I think it's like yeah. so. I think that exists in its own universe. I think Drew Holiday is a big domino. I think one. I think the Drew Holiday domino is significant. And then yeah. once that falls, when that falls, um, other stuff will 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 start to happen because I do think some maybe some teams are waiting on that. But yeah, no, I think it's gonna be crazy. Um, yeah, I'm I'm excited about it. I. I I wonder if we're sitting here two weeks from now, what we're gonna what we're gonna say. Did they do a yeah. good job? Did the Knicks, did they win? Well, it's did funny. They... I keep kind of thinking to myself the way it, it will go that I think it, it's funny. Like we live in this world now where you're, you're checking for update. It's more like an addictive pattern, right? Like we're, you're searching for rumors, you're checking for updates, but in yeah. reality, like you don't want, like there's a lot of stuff you don't want to happen. It's just this time of year, you get in this craze of like, anytime there's trade deadline, free agency, it's like you're excited for news, even if that news, when it comes, you don't necessarily want it. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if two weeks from now we're sitting here being like, the Knicks made three picks in the draft. We're not <laughs> upset about any of those picks. And, um, you know, they, they, they made their decision. You know, Bullock, they have coming back. And they're still in position that they can make a move because maybe, like you said, the Chris Paul trade hasn't happened yet. And we're sort of like, there like we're sort of on par i mean could you see could you see just that being there or do you think within these next two weeks there will be something maybe even something out of left field that happens with the knicks i don't think there's going to be something big out of left field i think the, the two the two things that will define their offseason are what's is there a big 
is there a big enough package for them to trade down? And what do they end up with after if they trade down when they trade down? And then do they get in as a salary dump team? Do they do they mm-hmm. figure out a way to really capitalize on somebody's distaste for taking on money? Um, and I just saw, speaking of the New York Knicks, they just sent out a tweet, one week to go into the NBA draft. We, let's both do this, JB. We're going to do this live on the pod. So the Knicks right. just sent out um, a tweet. It says, one week until the NBA draft. Lots of talent to go around. Screenshot and let us know who you got. And there's this, there's a quickly changing cycle of, of draft prospects. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna do it. See who we get. We're gonna do it simultaneously. I'm gonna uh, okay w- on three. Ready? Yep. One, two, three. Okay, I got of course I got Isaac Okoro, who's the guy that I have was just saying on Twitter before that I don't think there's a good chance he ends up with the Knicks. That's who I got. Who'd you get? Kyra Lewis Jr. That's that's I think that's. You think that could be the one? I think it's neck and neck between him and Hayes. If I if he, if you gave me, I have a feeling I would get better odds on Kyra Lewis, and I would I would I would take those odds. I would bet Kyra Lewis okay. is, is the right. next. Well, I mean, he had dinner with the you know with the front office, and uh, <laughs> he did in Miami, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So that that was the you know the interesting updated off season. Um, last thing, I have a very funny, a quick funny story before I let you go. I so. Um, I'm going to plug another podcast on this podcast. Me and Adam Taylor are doing um, our general NBA pod. We've moved over to uh, Talk Basket, talkbasket.net, I think. I should probably know that. Um, And we're podcasting for them now, but they're like a big deal in Europe. So I was able to get um, credentialed for these uh, draft interviews. Yeah, right, right. These, I saw these... tweeting, tweeting that out. Yeah, yeah. I, I was, I was in there, that, but I sort of. You told me you were going to get the credential to them, but I sort of forgot about that. So when I saw you tweeting it out, I was like, "Wait, where's Mac? You're getting all this from?" <laughs> yeah, you. I snuck in. I, I stole yeah. Ian. I stole Ian Begley's uh, Zoom. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, um, so I'm doing these things, and um, awesome. By the way, very, very cool. And I have to try to figure out how to simultaneously teach classes over the next two days and um, watch like LaMelo ball talk about the workouts that he hasn't done. Um, Anyway. So at one point I, I shouted the Dolores was in the living room and I'm like, this is so fucking cool. Um, This silly thing that I'm sure all these other people are taking for granted. This is so cool. A few minutes later, I noticed someone in another reporter privately chatted me like, you're uh you're not on your mic is not on mute (laughs) and but i'm not sure if like he i it was that or if maybe he just like heard me typing or something because i'm pretty sure i said that in a room where i was like i knew i was on mute but there's a chance that like every nba reporter heard me talk about how how cool it was but the thing that's weird about that because you you had noticed my dodger sticker so Different than the Knicks world by writing about the Dodgers and Dodgers way, they were extremely quick to give credentials. Um, if you write for you know a blog like that, and we this year it kind of worked out because everyone was on Zoom, so I had the same access as some guy from like the LA Times. Well, the way they did it is like if you, once you got into the Zoom, you were just everyone was automatically on mute until the head of PRs gave you a chance to ask the question. Well, that, so if you start, if you're there from the start of the meeting, you were automatically muted, but 
the interviews were overlapping by like two minutes. So I came into that one late. So I don't know if I, I was automatically you. muted. I see. Which okay, there's, okay. Listen, there's a chance. I just, well, if the other person heard you, I guess then you, you, how would they hear you if you weren't automatically muted? I, I'm hoping that maybe they, they thought it was me and it was somebody else. Okay. Okay. I see. I That's see. what I'm hoping. Or maybe I just said something else and they, yeah, and, right. they and it wasn't, <laughs> well, and they didn't hear that thing. At least you didn't do anything like ridiculous. Like, to me, it's like not being on mute. It's like all these stories you hear and people with their video on, they didn't realize it was on and they're doing stuff. Um, well, there was the you- Pornhub thing on CNN uh, over during like when he was doing the map, right? Did you see that? Um, well, there was one that I saw one that it was like an ad for them that they made it up that it looked like someone was at work and they, and they you know thought their videos off. But then when you said CNN, I thought you were talking about, was it Jeffrey Tubin? They're anal- uh, he's like a legal analyst for them. And he was in a, um, a thing for the New Yorker and he literally exposed himself uh, before he turned off his, vi- realized his video was on and he got into trouble. So there, there's been, you know, and then of course there's like all these funny things coming out, like blog posts, like things to avoid when you're in a Zoom meeting. And then you would like opening it, thinking it's serious. And then it'd be like, number one, don't pull out your dick. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I guess that is a good... Um, and by the way, Zoe has left the room as I use this. I was about- <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is this is a fantastic way to end this podcast. Okay, um, JB, I have to ask you because I ask every guest. Can you tell the folks at home where they can find you? <laughs> yeah, well, they can find me where they find you now, right? So <laughs> yeah, just go to so. the newsletter, Nick's Film School, and I guess we'll we'll leave the as I brought up the Dodgers. We'll leave the tease about the Mets if there's a new place to find me there, and. Uh. Uh, we're starting a New York sports newsletter empire. This is fantastic. Oh, yes. goodness. But the thing I'll tell you, too, at the end, that's sort of funny with uh, the election stuff going on. It has messed up my notifications completely because I suddenly was following, you know, in all these different states, like, you know, the, the data kind of nerds or the reporters that I, you know, realized were the right ones to trust. So like in Nevada or Pennsylvania. Okay. So it's been sort of funny because I'm used to, especially now as we're getting close to drop, like some of them I didn't like clear out yet. So I'm still like getting these notifications thinking like, oh, uh, something with the Knicks happened. And then it's like, (laughs) no, Maricopa County in Arizona is still counting their votes. And here's an update. So that's been the other world I've been living in. Um, Twitter did something. and I'm not sure if this was because my phone updated. Um, Twitter did something it never did before uh, tonight, which it was like, it basically asked me, are you sure you want all these notifications on You have, it, I, I don't know what the exact wording was, but it was like, you have a lot of notifications. Yeah, like, you you got should, a problem. You, <laughs> seek help, uh, please. Yeah. You know who kills me? I, 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 and I, he does great reporting, but, um, oh my God, I don't want to get his name wrong. Uh, Adam Z, uh, Zagoria. Uh, the, oh yeah. Yeah. Cause he, does, he gets a lot of the college stuff. So like Zagoria sends out, a hundred tweets a day and like two of them will be like NBA relevant stuff that I'll care yeah. about. So I have them on notifications, but it's like, here, the last one class of 2021 point guard, Jalen Mills signs his NLI with Rutgers. Like, I don't care about this, but no, I know. I know. But he, yeah, he's one that, especially if it's a local kid, he's going to get, he's he gonna gets actually, a lot of break. That dude yeah. like owns college basketball report. No, I know. It is funny when you actually like look back at like who is breaking information about the Knicks. No one talks about him, but I would say he gets most of the like who they might have interviewed yeah. 
who they had workouts when workouts were normal. Um, yeah, absolutely. And and Keith Smith, I recently put on notifications, and he he's active. I love Keith Smith. I mean, yeah, yeah, he's good. Too. But you're right. He he is very active. Yeah, but he's good because he know he's got the cap stuff down really he's well. He's got all of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he he's good. Um, I'm actually supposed to be interviewing him for for Talk Basket. There you go. Um, oh, perfect. All right. Yeah. Follow, follow everybody out there if you if you like this podcast. Subscribe to uh, the the Pickin' Pod podcast. That's the one I do with Adam, and uh, that's fun. Anyway, all right, JB. Um, you have uh, daughters to go play with. I have a daughter to go. Uh, I don't know what the hell she's doing right now. It's five oh nine. So it's well, yeah. It's early. because it's dark out. I'm looking at. I'm like, oh man, we've been talking, you know, all night. It's like, well, it's oh my clock. Wait, can I can it two really quick two minute story? Very quick. Tell me if this has happened to you. The errand that I told you we had to run um, yeah. was to go to Target to get shoes because my daughter, um, we got her new shoes. She refuses to wear them because they're not comfortable. So we're like, okay, we're going to go to Target. We're going to try on shoes until you find one. We were in the shoe aisle on the floor for a half an hour. We must have tried on 20 pairs of shoes every yep. time she got one on, crying flailing get them off of me this that and the other thing so finally she found a pair of shoes that she liked they were a size too big i'm like we're getting them we're getting the shoes we go to the line and dolores is like fine buy them i'm just gonna bring them back they're too big i'm like but what are we doing here she's like no i'm gonna i'm gonna i'll just order them online i'm like right. well if you were gonna order them online why couldn't we do that and then she's like because it would take a few days it was one of those experiences where it's like you could tell someone that doesn't have kids about it and they would just look at you like you had 10 heads. They wouldn't get it. Yeah. Right. I, right. It was, I know you've probably been there and done. Yeah. That. We, well, we bought shoes recently and we went, we went through that. So um, I definitely, you know, and I love it too, where it's like, we'll get, we'll get the parameters before we go in. Like, all right, she wanted, uh, this is my oldest daughter. She wanted Nikes, but she didn't want tie shoes, even though now she can tie her shoes. So she wanted like <laughs> slip on Nikes. We go in and the problem is the order, right? So we went into DSW. I was planning on, if I couldn't find anything there, I was going to go to like a kid's footlocker. You know, I had okay. a couple other places in mind. The problem was we found what she wanted too quick. So because it was the, uh, like we walked into DSW and boom, yeah. right there. And it okay. was like, no, 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 she needed, like we needed, I should have gone where I knew they didn't have the shoe. Because then <laughs> if I went there we and said, let's go to one other store, she would have been excited. So it's like, that's the other thing that you I've, I've learned. It's like the order. You can't come to a solution too quick because they're never going to just say, oh, yeah, the first thing, of course. Um, so, yeah, we actually just went through that recently. It's uh, Well, that's that makes me that makes me happy. Um, young men out there, if you're listening to this, use protection. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, the greatest birth control. Have them babysit right, yeah. for a, a Use protection, get a vasectomy, which I'm going to be getting shortly. Um yeah, you got your two girls, so you're set. Two is good. We're I'm 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 in the club with you. That's it. I don't want to yep. be in any other clubs. This is the only club. All right, um, everybody, thank you for listening to another episode of the Next Film School podcast. Um, you are great. Thank you for uh, tuning in, and we'll be back with you another episode very shortly.